Welcome to the Geek Explorer Not Off-Topic Debrief. I'm John Williams. And I'm Ben Robinson, and we're here to tell you some stuff that we decided we know. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, how you doing, Ben? I'm doing splendid. What you been up to? I went uh, to see my mother-in-law in Arizona for like two days, and uh, that's a long fucking drive for two days. Yeah. It was fun. Like, we had a good time. Like, we went to a renaissance fair. Like, Arizona gives no shits about COVID. Like, the, like there was there was no masks anywhere. What's weird is I was on vacation this week and I went to a lot of places and the mask mandates have uh, severely uh, lightened in even in California where we live. So all of a sudden I was at the comic shop and I was looking around. I was like, no employees in masks, no people in masks. So like, oh, wow, like I'm I'm the outlier now. It turns out all we had to do to end COVID was for Russia to invade Ukraine. Yeah. And uh, if I'd known this a year ago, uh, I, I, I wouldn't have been able to do anything about it. But, uh, you know, it would, like, we could have got on this quite a while ago. I was looking forward to the, uh, the end of that sentence there. Yeah, I mean, I, I figured with <laughs> I would midterm... have invaded Ukraine a while ago. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, you know, I, I figured with midterm elections coming up that we, we'd see some of that anyway, but... Yeah. But yeah, it was fun. Went to a Renaissance fair. Haven't been to one of those in a long time. I wore my uh, 40-pound chainmail hauberk all day, and uh, fuck, that thing's heavy. Like, my <laughs> neck hurt by the end of the day, and uh, I kept having to rotate when I was standing in line to, like, get a beer because it was, like, 85 degrees outside, and so, like, one side of it would heat up because it's steel, mm-hmm. and then I'd have to rotate so I could cook the other side evenly. The the small price of being a turbo <laughs> dork at a turbo dork convention. I, I should I should have made it out of aluminum, which weighs like half as much. Yeah, but I was like, no way, steel. That's the way they actually made. You know, they were actually made of steel, and I'm a big tough guy. I can should do this. And, <laughs> oh boy, it's uh that thing's a chore. Yeah, I've put that thing on. That sucks. Yeah, it's fucking heavy. But it it was cool. I mean, there was a lot of people there. It's definitely the most crowded place I've been to. In over two years. Yeah. At least it was outdoors, right? Yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, it was like, there was 10,000 plus people there. So it was just a lot of people. There was definitely droplets going in your mouth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I think I would be okay with something outside like that, but I'm still having trouble with the idea of like comic conventions, you know, where it's all indoors and everyone's just breathing the same air and right in your face. I don't know. Like I couldn't do San Diego Comic-Con right now. It's kind of a scene anyway. Yeah. But there, there was something like, I'm not a big fan of crowds or standing in lines. The standing in lines still kind of sucked. But, uh, <laughs> Amusement park episode. Listen to it. Yeah. But there was, there was something comforting or, you know, familiar about being in a large crowd of people mm-hmm. again that had been missing for so long. Yeah, that's fair. So, and I don't think I got COVID. So Yay. I, I hope not because, you know, I'm, we're, we're in the booths today and I'm very happy to be here. I feel like it's been quite some time, probably since our Michael Jackson episode, since we actually yeah, were in so. the booth. Yeah. And even before that, I think we had an episode or two where I was remote and, uh, boo quality is all different and it just timings off. I don't know. I like being in the booth and it is gorgeous up here in beautiful shingle Springs today. I kind of wish it wasn't, but uh, I'll take it. <laughs> we could use some rain, but at least the uh, the mountains got some snow this last weekend, so that will help us with our snowpack and our runoff once it warms up, and that snow kept me home for the week. I was on vacation this week, and I, w- I was going to go visit my folks in Idaho, but it was like the weather knew the exact 
frame of time that I could go on vacation to see my folks. And like from the very start, it's all, oh yeah, snow, chains, ice, gross, sub-zero temperatures. And then like the very moment that it, that it was like, okay, you know, we could still go and have a good time. It's all, nope. And then like right after that moment, it's all, okay, we'll get sunny and nice. We'll get, we'll get up into the forties. No big deal. <laughs> so I sat at home all week. Yeah, they weren't willing to brave the icy roads? No, I have no interest in that at all. Probably the most frightening experience I ever had behind the wheel of a vehicle was uh, when we went up to Washington one time. We stopped in Oregon to visit some friends on the way up, and there was a road closure because there was a big storm right before we got there. We had to take like some back like mountain roads, and holy shit, those things were snowy and icy and treacherous, and I was so terrified for like an hour and a half before we finally got to some sort of main road that was clear. And I, I never, ever want to do that ever again. I don't want to drive through ice or snow or anything. I, I don't want to put chains on. Fuck off. Not interested. I can understand a lot of folks don't like the feeling of like your car sliding where you didn't mean for it to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's kind of fun. I can fully sympathize. If you're not comfortable driving on ice, you should not drive on ice. That's accurate because, uh, like when I, when I was living in Texas, it would happen every once in a while, like snow or ice would come through and, uh, it was a complete shit show because nobody had any idea how to cope with it. Like they wouldn't, you know, they either wouldn't understand you should brake like a lot earlier and you should definitely never slam on your brakes or how to like steer into a slide. Like it's not a skill you develop there or in a lot of California for that matter. Yeah, yeah. When I first went to college in Long Beach back in 2005, I moved there during a giant storm. What's with me and the fucking weather? Why does the weather hate me so much? I don't know. A lot of rain and nobody had any clue what to do on the roads and umbrellas were sold out everywhere because nobody keeps one. (laughs) Uh, It was wild. Because we get good good rainfall up here during during the, uh, the winter time, so... We know what to do with it. You know, we don't get a lot of it, but, you know, we always have a good solid week or two of just like crazy rain. Yeah, and I'm sure we have uh, folks listening in like Michigan and Maine that are just like, yeah, you fucking chumps. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> crazy rain with finger quotes. Yeah. Oh, just scared of a little ice, are you? <laughs> homebound for half the year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I can only imagine uh, Grand Rapidians. Jeez. They, they, they probably have no problem driving through some ice. I hope not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a bad place to live. All right. Let's get into the show. Uh, what do you want to talk about? So uh, there, I saw something really cool, and uh, I'm not going to get it. Multimorphic, the pinball company, is coming out with a Weird Al Yankovic pinball machine. Oh, shit. Called uh, Weird Al's Museum of Natural Hilarity. Okay. I've always wanted a pinball machine. Mm-hmm. I still want a pinball machine. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah, Weird Al pinball machine? That sounds rad. Uh, but it's like 11 grand. Woof. And uh, nope. No, I'm not not going to do that. I th- I'm pretty sure I could get a, like a Terminator 2 cabinet for that, for less than that. Oh, yeah. It, it, I mean, it's cool. It's got 17 of his songs. It's like all the voice cues are done by Al himself. So they're new cues? Yeah. Neat. I guess the multimorphic ones, they're like hybrid digital analog pinball machines. So like the, the front half of it is like a big LCD screen that -hmm. can like change what happens on it and have all kinds of stuff happen. And then the back half is like a module thing that you could snap in and you could buy different ones and like change it out. 
and where it has actual physical like you know rails for it to spin around on yeah. and all that stuff wild yeah I don't, I don't know exactly how i feel about that i've never played on one of those i'm not sure how i feel either like i think i'm a strong proponent of like a straight up analog pinball machine with lots of pings and dings and boinks yeah that's that's where i would naturally fall i think um i mean it's totally in our generation to love, you know, like those Bally and Williams yeah. machines that just got crazy, you know, like uh, Monster Bash and House of Magic and uh, the Austin Powers one was great. Um, yeah, I don't know how I deal with digital getting in there. Like I've been having a problem lately with like seeing like Disney rides that are going super just like screens and stuff like I don't want to see screens. Yeah. I want to see animatronics. animatronics. Yeah, and props. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I watched a video about it. It looked pretty cool. You know, I mean, it is kind of, there is something to like the, you know, the main board, like changing and having graphic, you know, instead of just having like lights that you can see all the time, whether or not they're on or off, but it didn't have, you know, like the thing where you have to like bounce the ball off like the letters to like spell something in the, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of in the foreground or so. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm certainly not going to pay 11 grand. No. Cause it's like, it's like eight grand just for the base machine. And then three grand for the, you know, weird owl set, I guess. Well, I'd gladly pay a dollar to play it. Yeah, fuck yeah. I'd absolutely love to play it. I hope I see it somewhere out in the wild. Yeah, where the fuck would we even see a new pinball machine out here? Like, I feel like, like we'd have Dave to go to like... Buster's, maybe? That might... They yeah. still have pinball. I mean... Wait, do they? Fucking better. I don't know. It's been a long time. The one since in Roseville been... does not. Doesn't have a single pinball machine? No. Burn it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fucking yeah, no. Wow. I hadn't even thought of that. They, they probably have a snowboarding simulator. <laughs> Turds. Uh, lots of racing games. But they do have that giant Rambo 3. They probably have a giant Angry Birds, too. Oh, I'm sure they do. Garbage games. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, badass. Uh, you should shoot me a link for that. I will. Oh, yeah, I'm going to put one. I'll put a link to the video, like the, t the trailer for it, I guess you'd call mm -hmm. it, in the show notes, too. Well, speaking of trailers, did you see the uh, the trailer uh, for The Boys, Diabolical? It's on my list. I sure did. Yeah. Looks fucking cool. Looks fucking excellent. Now, I didn't look into the show itself, but it looks like they're doing the same thing as like the Star Wars uh, animation thing yeah, recently. Yeah, like, like an the anthology. Animatrix. Yeah, so there's going to be a bunch of different stories about different characters by different animation uh, houses, but it looks fucking excellent excellent like all the all the gore and uh and irreverence uh, yes thank you perfect of the boys in uh in animated form bunch of different styles of animation a bunch of different writers i, I saw garth ennis's name on yeah, the credits there so he wrote sure at did. least one of them or helped in some way so uh it looks fucking cool i'm i'm stoked for it i'm when I saw it, though, I was wondering, like, so when's the next season of the actual boys coming out because it seems like it's been a long fucking time doesn't it Yes, question mark. Um, I mean, I feel like like the second season, geez, it was probably one of those situations where it was made like just before COVID super shut everything down. That was like two years ago. Yeah. So like it just it seems like it's been a really long time. It seems like I've been wanting to watch the third season for a long time now. And I'm glad to get this, but I, I kind of want the real thing as well. Well, you'll be happy to know that you will see The Boys Season 3 on June 3rd. Oh, good. Yeah, I, I I noticed they've been, like, hyping it. Like, I saw, like, a, what's it called? Enterprises. Uh, what's the big bad? Vought. Vought, yeah. Like a Vought Enterprises, like, commercial thing that was clearly hyping season three, but uh, a while ago. So I, I figured something was on the horizon. 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to it because that show is badass. Yeah, I'll put the trailer to that in the show notes as well. Well, I watched something this week. Oh, did you? Yeah, I sure did. You know what it was? Um, Bachelor in Paris. <laughs> Good guess, but no, we finished that <laughs> off a couple weeks ago. Actually, you know what? Since you brought it up, I'm ashamed to admit I'm watching the latest season of Bachelor with Angelina. It's actually a lot of fun watching these fucking stupid. Uh, well, never mind. I, I don't want to get myself into trouble here, but you know, you put 30 women in a room all fighting for one dumbass douchebag's love and hilarity ensues. Like the, the, these chicks are so catty and so rotten and obnoxious. And then there's a couple little sweethearts that just get trampled. I'm, I'm sure they are all selected for exactly those traits. Exactly. Oh like, my goodness. This there's is an engineered situation. 100%. There is a person on there who is just straight up like, uh, you know, it's like American Idol where you're like, there's no way this person could be here like for real. You know, like, like even just the shit she says in the little camera interviews off to the side, it's like, if even if you won this competition, you're calling it the very moment he watches this show, like you're done. She's fully admitting to like to to just straight up lying to to get what she wants. I mean, do any of these relationships last? Like a few do. It's actually kind of surprising. Well, probably odds wise, it's probably still not good because it's, this is like season twenty six or twenty seven. But I mean, you know, real real relationships do happen. The new host uh, was was a previous bachelor contendent, uh, contendent, contestant who got married, and he's been married for years. But no is is the, the real answer. It's got to be the least healthy way to start a relationship. It's so bizarre. Like I, I can't believe that people go into these shows. I think I've talked about it before. How like I couldn't be in this situation, like like a, a bachelorette situation, where I'm like sitting there with like seven other dudes, you know, even after having won several weeks and she's like, Oh, I care for you so much. And then she's like, okay, I'm going to go on a date with this guy later on. And I know she's saying and doing the exact same things. You can't fall in love with like that. You can't be in love with three people on a TV show at the same time. And this guy's a fucking dumbass piece of shit. I mean, I imagine most of the people going on this show are not going there to find love. They're going there to be on TV. <laughs> yeah. That's the fun thing about Bachelor in Paradise is those people will get called right out when it's clear that they've like hatched a plan with somebody beforehand to get on the show and to get Instagram followers or something. I don't know. Um, what was I even? To oh, no. You, you watched something. Yes, I did watch something. I finally watched Spider-Man Far From Home. Oh, yeah. So we can talk about it. Fuck yeah. So what'd you think? I loved it. Welcome to the majority of people. <laughs> yeah, welcome to, to everybody, except I didn't get COVID to do it. Um, I've been open about the fact that I'm not a huge fan of the Tom Holland movies. This was by far my favorite. I will watch oh, yeah. this one before any of the others, any day of the week. Even, the, you know, the first half of the movie that was a Tom Holland Spider-Man movie like that, it was still entertaining enough. It was it was good. But once those other fucking Spider-Mans show up, like, get out of town. It was so fucking good seeing both of them again. Oh, yeah. Kind of like Ghostbusters, except it was at least a unique story, which was nice. But yeah. I mean, the fan service they did was on point. Mm -hmm. It felt uh, dignified and yeah. respectful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was really enjoyable. It didn't seem like just just a cash grab. Yeah. You know, it didn't seem like they're just like, oh, fuck, we'll make so much money if we have this cameo here. Like they actually took the time to 
think about the characters and write them in the right way and give you what you wanted from seeing those characters again. Not just like Toby hopping through a fucking portal and punching Green Goblin being like, good to see a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man and hopping back out or something. You're like, no, they, they actually paid attention to the previous movies and, and gave us what we wanted to see. They were still the characters that we knew they were. And like, like what they did with Andrew Garfield was fantastic. Great. I think his Spider-Man came out of this movie more appreciated than he went into it. Absolutely. 100%. He was kind of the black sheep of the Sony Spider-Man family. And he fucking killed it. Like his performance was good. His arc. I mean, I don't know if it's really an arc, but his journey in this movie was solid. Everything was really well thought out and well done. Yeah. I know like one of our mutual fears going into it was that Doctor Strange was just going to be another mentor to hold baby spider-man's hand <laughs> and he wasn't no that was not the case at all and that was uh, was very much appreciated i was talking to somebody uh just uh yesterday actually that brought up the point that it's like is dr strange like that responsible and good as a sorcerer because like no first off he's letting this little kid come down with him while he's fucking doing this universe altering spell and allows himself to get distracted I mean, he's doing it in the first place oh yeah and he allows himself to get trapped in the mirror dimension by this same kid because he knows geometry <laughs> yeah which i mean to be honest in the moment i thought that was a lot of fun i was like okay like this kid's actually showing that he's a brilliant yeah. child you know like I, and that was another fun thing with seeing them all uh, like in the lab talking about how they, how they'd figured out this and that and the other, and like, you know, getting all fascinated by Toby's like organic web yeah. shooters and that whole discussion about like how it's made inside of him. He's like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Like, it was weird how cavalier he was with being the sorcerer Supreme. Yeah. He's just like, Oh yeah, sure. Uh, we, you know, we can wipe everybody's memory. Like, wait, what? We kind of knew that was going to happen. Going like, it's in. easy. And I, I was kind of a bit skeptical about that as well. And it wasn't quite as, as it was done better than I was worried it was going to be done. Mm -hmm. You know, he made it seem like, oh, like this is, it's, it's an easy, no, you know, it's not a big deal. This is an easy spell. This is going to be fine. But uh, it was a, a, a shaky premise that uh, was well supported. So I didn't care. Yeah. I think the other problem I have in the first half of the movie is like, I know Spider-Man is supposed to be an altruistic character and, you know, always look for the for the good in everybody and try to save everybody. But I was having a little bit of a hard time seeing his motivation with fixing them before sending them back. Whereas it's like the fabric of the universe is coming apart. You need to hit that fucking button and just send them back. Yeah. But rather than that, like he actually like fights Doctor Strange to not send these villains back because they're going to die. That seemed like a bridge too far for me personally. Well, and, you know, outside of that, like the, the timeline implications of what he's doing in those other universes, like the amount of disruption that he may or may not cause, like what happens to Doc Ock if Spider-Man doesn't accidentally kill Green Goblin? Yeah. You know, how does that change those other people's universes? Like, that's, No kidding. Yeah, you're fucking with their timeline here because these guys died at different periods. Yeah. So, again... Like you said, the ride was fun enough that it, it wasn't something that I even really thought about in the time. It was like after you left the movie, you start thinking back on it. Well, but, in, in the moment, honestly, like I was, I don't know, I, I wasn't pleased with, I was like, this is, Peter, this is fucking stupid. Like this is more irresponsible than altruistic and this is kind of dumb. But at the same time, Tom Holland's Spider-Man really, uh, 
isn't my Spider-Man. So I'm like, eh, maybe this is what you would do. <laughs> maybe he just is this kind of, this naive. <laughs> yeah. well, and, he, and he ends up paying for it. Yeah. The misgivings I had about him acting that way, though, had consequences that will shape him moving forward because they are going to make another Tom Holland Spider-Man movie. Yeah, it was, it was good to hear the uh, great power, great responsibility line. And coming from somewhere else, like it made sense. And like the whole um, Michelle Jones Watson, Watson, so she's still MJ Watson. Yeah. Eh, why not? I guess. Um, but what I liked, well, you know what? Hold on. Before I get to there, that Andrew Garfield uh, saving MJ. Like, oh, yeah. I knew that was coming. I knew that entire scene. And I knew that it was going to be like, you know, some some great emotional moment. It still made my eyes well up. Like I knew it was coming. And, and I still got all like, <sighs> He got his resolution. He saved her. It was an even quicker moment than I thought it would be. Like it, it was very quick, and and but it it just hit like a sledgehammer. I mean, and the second Toby jumped in front of uh Tom Holland's uh stabbing Green Goblin with the uh, with the uh, with the glider, I was like, oh well, here's Toby gonna get stabbed by Green Goblin. <laughs> and then he did, and then uh, he seemed kind of fine. After yeah, he's that. like, like, I've been stabbed before. Yeah, I was it's like, not oh, a big okay. deal. Which I mean. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I had already heard nobody died, so spoiler warning for uh, Spider-Man for everyone here. <laughs> um, Except for Aunt May, she did. Yeah, yeah, she died. But my favorite, my favorite part of the whole movie, probably. No, I don't know. The part that made me most pleased for the future of Tom Holland's Spider-Man was the very end. Oh yeah, he moves into an apartment in New York. He sews himself a suit that is a traditional Spider-Man suit. It's very shiny. And he goes swinging through the city. I only wish they would have had him swinging a little bit longer because it was so good seeing a seeing a regular Spider-Man swinging through the city. If you're listening to this, you might have heard us complain before about how he's he's kind of like a baby teenage Spider-Man. Like we want to see a, an adult Spider-Man who's confident and capable doing Spider-Man shit. And isn't using a nanotech suit. Yeah. You know, he's the Spider-Man you know and love, not origin story Spider-Man. It's like Tom Holland has yet to get... Other than potentially now moving forward, looks like there's hope for it, but he hasn't yeah, the got GED book. He's got three movies that are still origin story Spider-Man. Yeah. And, you know, I want him to graduate to being big boy Spider-Man. And it seems like they put him in a place to do that. I'm curious to see if Tom Holland can do it. I like him, but uh, he seems to kind of have a shtick. Yeah. And I haven't seen Uncharted, but uh, I haven't heard great things about it either. So I'm, I'm hoping he can play big boy Spider-Man. Yeah, that's the thing is like, what, he's probably like mid-late 20s at this point. Yeah. I'm like, maybe like 27. I don't know. I could look it up, but I'm not going to. And he's still playing a convincing high school senior. At what point do we start seeing him look like an adult? Yeah, he needs to like put some girth on and stop his voice from cracking. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and, and get, a, get some confidence. I, yeah. I want to see a confident Spider-Man, not one that's doubting everything all the time. Yeah. You know, a little bit of doubt's great here and there, but the Spider-Man is not, in general, a self-doubting character. No. I, I mean, I guess the other thing to say is uh, the performances in this movie were fucking great. Willem yep. Dafoe stepped right back in. Mm-hmm. Alfred Molina? The Goblin. Yeah. I mean, even Jamie Foxx was uh, better than he was in the previous movie. Like, Yeah. See, my, my problem with Jamie Foxx's character is he seemed like a different person. Like, he didn't... He didn't seem like like the... Uh... Yeah, I'm okay with that, because the person he was in the other one was stupid. <laughs> I did like how they sort of called out the fact that he fell into, like, electric eels 
and then like Sandman was in a like super collider accident. And you know, they're, they're like they they pointed out without pointing it out that it was stupid, basically. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, electric eels, huh? Super collider. Yeah, but I mean, comic book origin stories are such. Yeah. Like I mean, that's what it is. Yeah, it's true. Willem Dafoe blew me away. Like he just his his ability to just snap from like confused old man to fucking evil motherfucker mm-hmm. in a in a just an instant still there and still brilliant yeah good flick i will be buying it when it comes out on on blu-ray slash digital i want to have it i mean i've got the other two anyway we're, we're just topical now i mean we you know, we talked about the matrix last week we talked about <laughs> spider-man this week at this rate we should be talking about the batman come may yeah probably i mean because I'll, I'll be honest I, as much as i want to be there on opening night no fucking way i'm going to do that I'm not packing myself in there with a hundred people just just to fucking breathe the same air. Uh-uh. I'm going to go see it next week. Yeah. That movie's like three hours long. Uh, I better pee before I go in. Hey, you know, I was actually kind of surprised that I held it through uh, through Spider-Man. They're making a, uh, like a Penguin spinoff series on HBO, HBO Max. Max. Yeah. Uh, which kind of surprises me since no one's seen the movie yet. So, like, they don't know if it's any good. I mean, they must be pretty happy with Colin Farrell's performance. Also, he must be willing to put that makeup on a lot more. Like, it can't be a simple process for them to make him look that way. No. And uh, doing that for a series, like, holy shit, that's a lot of time in the makeup chair. I'm kind of surprised he wanted to do that. They must have offered him a good chunk of money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because they're, they're doing that, and they're also doing a um, like a Gotham PD spinoff with, uh, why am I... Commissioner Gordon? Yeah, yeah, Commissioner Gordon, but I what, what was his name? Something right. Why can't I remember? Uh, oh, I had it for a split second. Man, I am not firing on all cylinders. Speaking of uh, of the Batman, or a Batman, um, did you see the uh, the leaked set photos from Batgirl? No, I didn't. Oh, shit. You get our first look at Michael Keaton's Batman costume. Oh, is he in it? Or yes. is it just a picture of the costume? Um, it. I believe the person in the costume is the stunt performer, but he is in it. Oh shit. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird like right like now. what universe this actually takes place in because Commissioner Gordon in this is JK Simmons, who is in the uh the Snyderverse. You know, and I, I think DC just fucking gave up on what universe is what. I think they're just making movies that they think are you know, trying to make a, a decent movie and not giving one fuck about continuity anymore. It just See, doesn't I think matter. I think that's a good idea unless you start pulling in actors from other previously established universes. I think that's tough. But this is going to come out after Michael Keaton is in the Flash movie, which Flashpoint could very well, you know, reset continuity. I mean, honestly, like over time, the comics themselves start caring less about it and shit gets all fragmented. That's why they have to do shit like Crisis on Infinite Earths yeah. and and stuff to bring things back in order and do a continuity reset. And, uh, you know, I'm fine. Like I know who these characters are by and large. I don't care if there's a cinematic universe, they could have the Joker is on its own fucking thing. That's fine. Suicide squad. I'm not really sure how that ties into the greater DC extended universe or not. Uh, it's certainly, well, with peacemaker, it certainly does. Well, yeah, but it's like tied in, but like, if they make a Justice League movie, do they need to make everything that happened in, in Peacemaker continuity? No, fuck it. Who cares? It doesn't matter. You know who these characters are? They can make Elseworlds movies and fucking do whatever they want. And as long as they're good movies, I don't give a shit. See, I don't I don't know. I don't know if I want it, if I 
want it cross-contaminating so much. Like if Joaquin Phoenix's Joker showed up in, you know, the next Justice League movie, I don't think I would want that. I want it to stay in its own universe. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I wouldn't want that just because I don't think it would, it probably wouldn't fit the tone of what they were doing. Plus, I think the general audience is not going to get it. Like, I feel like we're steeped in that sort of thing happening with with universes being separated. You know, but if they see like a Commissioner Gordon some in one place and then see him in another place, they're going to, wait, what the fuck? Wait, uh, uh, so is Batgirl uh, definitely part of this continuity? Because they expect things to be in the same continuity, which, you know, that's not my problem, but yeah, no, I don't want to have to deal with it. Yeah, that that is a thing, but I, I think that's sometimes to the detriment, you know, where you're trying to, like, everything now seems to need to be some sort of cinematic universe. Like, just tell a good story. and See, it's I, don't, fine. I, don't, I don't think it needs to be, but but I think I think if something is intentionally not going to be a part of that cinematic universe, they shouldn't pull elements of that cinematic universe into it because then that that just muddies the water. I guess. I mean, but just because you have the same actor playing the same character, does that mean it's the same character necessarily? I think it kind of does. Like, personally, like, like I, I mean, they they can write it to not be that, but I think. It's a misrepresentation then of that character if you're taking this person like but that sucks. What if you have someone who's a really good Commissioner Gordon? Well, I mean and and now like, okay, we gotta find someone who's inferior because it's gonna confuse John. No, it's not confusing. <laughs> it just muddies the water. Like like M, Judy Dench being pulled from the Brosnan movies into the very clearly separate universe of the Daniel Craig movies. I didn't like that. Oh, it didn't bother me at all. Yeah. Because I like I liked Judy Dench's M. So I was fine with it. Whatever. Her her M wasn't that special to where they needed to do that, in my opinion. I don't know. I guess we'll just have to agree to disagree. That's fine. I'm okay with it. I'm not the one sitting here insulting you. <laughs> anyway, back to your main topic. Yeah, Batman costume. So yeah, it's... Uh, I, I mean, I like the yellow oval. Yeah, the yellow oval's back. The cowl looks spot on. The boots are the same. Um, what's different is... It looks like he's got like an armored, first off, like an armored, like shoulder, like kind of like Darth Vader's shoulder, like shape wise. Yeah. Like a coif. Yeah. And, and, and then, and then, um, it sort of goes down into the bat symbol below it, but then he's clearly got like an armored chest piece, like on its own. And then below that, it looks like just sort of like leather like that. And 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 the legs. The pants look like they were leather too. Yeah. With like some more rib type like things that I don't remember the 89 costume having, but yeah, it does go into like the, the, like, you know, the, uh, shape around like his kneecap, you know, just like having like a circle around that area. So it looks a little armored. Um, you know, people are really stoked. I mean, it's a straight up black costume with, uh, with the yellow oval. So, I mean, that's, it's got the, the style points there. Hopefully he can turn his head now that that cowl looks more pliable than the old one did. It doesn't look like it's just one giant piece of rubber. Oh yeah. That's definitely leather. It's like deforming a little bit. Yeah. And, and I mean, I don't know, cause this looks like a, like a stunt man in the suit. So maybe this is just a suit that's designed for better movement. Oh Um, yeah. But I'm not sure. But, but if you look at like the, um, the symbol attachment and like the chest piece, that does, to me, remind me of um, those uh, promo images that Andy Muschietti uh, tweeted out about um, for, for the Flash movie. And it had the bat symbol with, like, the blood on it. It had, like, that sort of design under it. So I, I have a feeling it's the same suit um, that, that we'll see in the, uh, in the Flash movie. But, like, I'm kind of, 
I don't know what to think about that, that upper cape attachment area. Unless again, it's just like that for movement on this suit, but I don't know. You know what? I'm glad it's happening. So we'll see, um, we'll see exactly what comes of this, uh, this suit, but I was stoked to see it. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about Peacemaker. Then. Let's do that. So, uh, what do you think? I fucking love that show. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think I was already talking about how much I love that show, but I don't think I'd seen, or last time we recorded, the last episode wasn't out. Was yeah, it wasn't it? out yet. So we elected to not talk about it until we'd finished it. Yeah. So, I mean, it ended well, you know, why not? There, there were some, some, some good funny moments that fucking cow is grotesque <laughs> it was great and seeing that that wow what was it called the the whatever the helmet that makes you launch yourself oh the human missile or human cannonball yeah, or that, whatever that, it was yeah that sounds right yeah like that was fun but i mean you know just like normal fucking economos is great uh vigilante is fantastic harcourt whatever she's kind of like the straight man she group, is so you know and and I'm kind of bummed because I'm, I'm torn with this whole thing. Like, I don't think she's great. I mean, I don't think the actress is great in the role and it's a bummer to hear that she is James Gunn's now fiance. Like they just got engaged. They they were, they were dating before and it's like, it just taints the whole experience because I'm like, she's, she's not that great, but she's got like this super, you know, cream of the crop starring role in this big show. I don't know. I, I thought she was, I mean, she wasn't bad. She didn't, she didn't bother me at all. She kind of played the part and, uh, was, was not a standout character. Like literally everyone else was more enjoyable, Yeah, but, but I don't know if her character was really meant to be super enjoyable because I think she was kind of the, the, the straight man. Like she wasn't pumping out lots of jokes or. Yeah. I I, I think maybe the problem was I just didn't believe her. I, I had a hard time believing her the same way. Like I don't really believe like the rock in in many roles or like ryan reynolds anymore it's i just i don't buy it um but the show was great john cena blew me away crushed it i didn't realize that he could act as well as he could so i watched this directly after i finished book of boba fett and i was like oh yeah that's right tv shows can be really good like you you can you can have like you can still write a good story around some characters and especially like in the suicide squad movie he's kind of a one-dimensional d-bag totally and he's still a d-bag in this in this show but they did a good job of giving him like progression and and, and building Depth. out who he is and he's got he's got some you know moments of pathos and he is a fully fleshed out character and even all the side characters in this are all pretty well fleshed out characters with their own little emotional arcs and things they're going through and jokes that pay off in the end yeah like the whole thing's just really well constructed and you can do that with a TV show like this. You yeah, don't need we, to pump out some something just to pump something out. Well, and and it probably um helps that that it that it came from the mind of James Gunn, even though there are more people yeah. working on it, but it wasn't just like a bunch of fucking sitcom writers gathered into a writer's room retreat for a weekend so they could pump out, you know, a whole season's worth of shit garbage, tired jokes. Even characters like like um geez, I already can't remember her name, but Amanda Waller's daughter. You know, Adebayo? Has, yeah, Adebayo. Yeah, like she's got her entire life on the side. Like there is a backstory for Economos. Like he could just be the, you know, the the fat, dye beard, computer nerd, whatever, terrified to go into something. But like 
throughout the series, like you see him like having his personal victories when he actually gets to do something. Then you see them bonding over, over music. And then in the end, when he's got that like heartbreaking story yeah. about why he would dye his beard and like what John Cena or what uh, Peacemaker's fucking teasing him about dye beard did to him. Like it, it was, it was heart wrenching. And you're like, wow, like this is a lot of depth for fucking computer, you know, fat, fat middle-aged computer nerd character. And then he fucking breaks his leg when he runs out to help. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like it was, I don't know. It was just, uh, no one at the Warner brothers was like, all right, guys, we need to make a peacemaker spinoff. Yeah. Nobody was saying that he probably had to pitch this fairly hard. Yeah. Like he had a story to tell that he thought would be interesting. And honestly, I hope they don't do a second season. They are doing one. I'm sure they are because because <laughs> now Warner Brothers is saying, make us another season of Peacemaker because it was successful. It, it, it's Whether or not James Gunn, I don't know what his involvement is going to be. Or He's he, involved. Or if he has more of a story to tell or if he now has to come up with more of a story to tell, that may show. But he went into this with a story. And, uh, and he told it brilliantly. It was fucking great. It was funny. The action was good. Like the fight choreography was actually, was fine. It was great. The vigilante stuff was great. Yeah. It had good like gore and, and blood effects and the the comedy. I mean, it it was full of like dick jokes and stuff, but it didn't always (laughs) go where you wanted it to. It wasn't always, it wasn't just a bunch of low hanging fruit. Yeah. A lot of it was very juvenile humor, but it was done with purpose. You know, it wasn't just, you know, here's some fart jokes. They're funny. Yeah. And I'm wondering how much they would let, you know, Cena and uh, and the dude, I'm sorry, I don't know his name, who played Vigilante, riff and and improvise. You know, because they had a lot of good little just like back and forth like runs. And and I don't know how much of that was written and just delivered really well or how much, you know, they, they could have come up with in the moment. The, the cast in general had really good chemistry. Yeah. They played off each other really well. The relationships were by and large believable. Yeah, and you know what? Maybe I'm going a little too hard on our court. Uh, I can't remember her her real name either. I feel like it's Jenny or Jennifer or something. I don't know, but no idea. But yeah, you know, like like there there were really great moments with all of them. Yeah, it's good. I like it. Yeah. So I'm I'm not one to like laugh out loud much when I'm watching uh, movies and TV and whatnot. But in the very end, when they get the Justice League to show up. And he call and he says, "You're late, dickheads!" to to the fucking <laughs> Justice League. And then there's there's another fish fucking joke, and Momoa and Miller are actually there. Yes, it was fucking great. And and for to to just like I'm also not a big fan of of when there's like a tough character and a nerd character, and like the tough guy's like I'm tough, and the nerd's like Yeah, we're tough, and he's like Shut the fuck up, you know. Like I I don't like that in media. That happens way too often, and it never comes off as sincere to me. But when but when he's like that fucking rumor or whatever about the fish fucking. And Barry's just like, that's a rumor. He's like, shut the fuck up, Barry. I was just like, oh, like actually having Momoa and Ezra Miller there to to do that scene. I just exploded with laughter. Yeah, that was like, brilliant. I, oh, that made me so happy. I don't care that Cavill and Godot weren't there. I don't give a shit about them. No, yeah, they didn't need them all. Like they had the, their silhouettes yeah. <laughs> on the periphery. Yeah, Superman was floating, whatever. The joke about Green Arrow being a brony who wears a was a Twilight Sparkle costume with a four-inch hole in the butthole. <laughs> so much great shit. Like, yeah, like like when Peacemaker's talking to the to the neighbor about about Batman being a pussy because he never uh, he never kills people. You know, he just lets yeah. them live and escape. Like, uh, yeah, now that that show was so well done. I'm so glad I watched that show. 
like it, like it handled some controversial shit. Like his dad was like a fucking straight up fucking like, Nazi Nazi fucking supervillain. Yeah, he's he was like Iron Man, White Dragon, something or other. Yeah, like yeah. like he had an Iron Man suit for racist shit. It wasn't pounding you over the head with anything, but like the, like the like um, vigilante's little fucking speech when he goes into the jail, like how he's handling the fucking Nazis was fucking phenomenal. That was such a great scene. Holy shit. <laughs> it was so good. And then, and then spoiling it all by just saying like, you're a bad father. And oh man, like that, that dude who played vigilante is so fucking good. Like, I don't know him from a single nope. other thing at all, but like. His deadpan delivery, like when he's talking about things where, where you're like, clearly this person is like on the spectrum and has no like. He's a total sociopath. Yeah. Yeah. He has, he has no social cues at all. No. And like, yeah, sorry, maybe I shouldn't just boil it down to the spectrum, but, but yeah, like he just, he feels no emotions except, you know, maybe enjoying killing bad guys, but like the situations they put him in, he's so brilliant. Like, like whether it's just, he doesn't get a joke or he doesn't get the social cues or he's like, I'm going to go do this because I feel like doing it, even though it's a really bad idea. Like just picking up a chair and trying to break a window on the jail so he can get locked up so he can go fuck people up, which he actually does. I thought he wasn't going to like, I, I thought, thought he was going to get ass kicked. Yeah. Yeah. No, but no, he fucked some dudes up. Yeah. His, his ability to balance incompetence and actual you know, real capability was fun. Yeah. He was, he was, I mean, he was kind of the standout for me. Yeah, so it was, uh, it was good. It's probably one of the better shows I've watched this year so far. Yeah, definitely. And that fucking intro <laughs> is solid gold. Like, <laughs> the first time I saw that, I was just like, on? wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Earl just coming out with a ridiculous choreographed dance. It's got lit pretty much every single named character yeah. in that intro with the exception of Amanda Waller. Yeah. And uh, they're all just, they've got like just complete blank expressions going through this ridiculous dance routine. Yeah. And, and boy, they sure loved their hair metal in this show. Oh yeah. Or like glam metal, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. It, it, yeah. There, there was a lot of stuff I did not know. Like uh, some of the songs sounded familiar. Some of the names sounded familiar, but like, I'm not, I'm not well-versed enough in that, in that genre. But I was like, oh, okay, they clearly have love for this. Like it didn't take the easy path and it had like a little bit of misdirection. Like when he picks up that first butterfly, at the bar and he, and she's, you know, going to whoop his ass. Like going into that, like he's flipping through all the stuff. I was, uh, I, my brain was like, oh, so this is a dude. That's where this is going. They're going to make that joke. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> nope, no, not where they went with that at all. And it was a much better payoff. Yeah. Than the really tired, obvious joke that they could have played. <laughs> uh. Yeah. If you haven't watched Peacemaker, uh, sorry if we spoiled anything, but uh, go watch it. It'll be super fun. Yeah, still. There's still, still so totally much there it. to love. I watched an episode or two over here after I'd already seen them, and I still enjoyed it. Uh, well, I don't have a whole lot more. I mean, I did watch Batman and Robin with the kid, and it was so bad. Like, like I'm, I'm, I, 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 I always forget how bad it is. But like, it struck me when uh, when they go up in the rocket, like in the beginning scene, and like they, you know, they like kick out the doors to to get out of the the rocket and sky surf down. And as soon as they do that, like my eight year old's like, "That's so cool!" And I was like, "That's exactly why they made this movie for some eight year old to say, yeah. that's so cool.' She she fucking loved that movie. It's, it's stupid fun. Oh, it, like, it, it wasn't it, even fun this time. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, no. I I I yeah, I had trouble this time. Like it was so bad. Like. 
just all the ADR that Poison Ivy has and fucking like, like, like on a technical standpoint, it bothered me more this time. I haven't seen it in a number of years and maybe because maybe it's because I, I do, I do more technical stuff behind the scenes with editing, but like it just like it, it hurt me this time. Mm. Uh, real quick, weird owl set photos. Daniel oh, yeah, Radcliffe. I saw, I saw those. I saw one of them without glasses and I was like, I'm not sure about this. And then I saw him with the glasses. Like, all right, that's better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of curious. I want to see more because the, the way I boiled it down to myself personally was it looks exactly like Daniel Radcliffe going to a Halloween party dressed as, as weird. Al. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, what really is going to matter is if he can play the part. Yeah. If he looks close and and kills the the performance, it'll be fine. Yeah, you know, yeah, good call. You know, if he looks spot on and just can't quite sell Weird Al, then he's uh, got it's, a, it's not going to fucking work. He's got a British accent. Uh uh-uh. uh. You know, what I mean, and, and you know, Weird Al's he's very he's very bombastic. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like the weird like little wavy arm dance on <laughs> Uncle Nutsy's Playhouse. Just yeah, his his little you know screams that he does. Yeah. If he's got to be able to pull those off. And, uh, you know, so we'll see. I'm hoping he can. Um, what else do you have on your list? Uh, the only other thing that I got news-wise is uh, that Amazon completely fucked Comixology up, and a lot of people are pissed about it. Oh, really? What happened? I haven't heard anything about this. Oh, no. They updated the app and changed the website. Like, they, they, for a while, they've been talking, they, you know, because they bought Comixology a while ago, and they were going to absorb it into Kindle, essentially. Okay. And Comixology was going to kind of go away, more or less. And so they, they updated the app with a, full, a whole new code base, and uh, everyone hates it. It doesn't read right. Uh, the, like the, the, you, know, like, you know where it goes panel to panel? I can't remember what they call that. But it doesn't, it doesn't work right. They had to cancel everybody's subscriptions that they had, so you have to redo your subscriptions. If you're outside the U.S., you can't subscribe to anything. Tough shit. Like their new releases thing only shows 30, 30 comics for the week. And, uh, I guess they're working on, you know, they put out a thing saying they were working to try and fix this stuff, but they just shit the bed so hard. (laughs) Uh, but like, yeah, it only showed like 30 new releases for the week and it, and you couldn't go to like the next page or see all. So if you wanted to see, if you wanted to see if something new came out that you'd be interested in, you better know the name so you could search for it. So there was no like browsing through new stuff to see if there's something you wanted to pick up. And was it like a top 30? So you're going to see a lot of like X-Men and Batman and Spider-Man. But if you're looking to see what, you know, smaller publishers have put out, you don't get to see it. Yeah. I mean, with 30, you're almost guaranteed to not see fuck all from small publishers. And like, like Bleeding Cool did like a, a informal poll with a bunch of creators. And, you know, they, they saw anywhere from like a 20 to 70% drop in readership since they made the change because people can't find their shit they're not subscribed they have to actively go look for it a lot of people just said fuck it i'm done with comiXology and moved on to try and find something else and uh it's just a complete clusterfuck of a release uh which is shitty thanks a lot bezos you bald piece of shit yeah i can say that (laughs) (laughs) because uh i had uh because I was considering doing the Comixology Unlimited thing because they do have a bunch of good stuff in there, like maybe swapping out when my Marvel one comes up because uh, the Marvel one's good and all, but it's it's just kind of limited and it, you're I'm just it, it's kind of a bummer being wait you know being so far behind on everything. Like you see, like oh that looks really cool. I'm yeah. gonna wait six months now. Yeah, you know, I mean, 
of course I'm more of a DC kid, but lately like Marvel's got a, got a couple books like Thor. Yeah. I know you're reading Thor, right? Yeah. Are you reading Hulk? The, the new one by, uh, by, um, Donny Cates and Ryan Otley. I don't know if it's come out on there yet. Oh shit. I think it's like four issues in, but, but yeah, it takes six months. Oh, that's, oh, fuck. An entire <laughs> six months. Ooh, yeah, that's trash. Yeah. It sucks. Cause, cause Donny Cates but is killing it on both of those. Yeah. They, it, it is such a new concept. And then I've been reading, um, Devil's Reign also this new, like, it's like a, it's, it's a crossover event, but it's kind of lower scale. It's, it's like a, it, it's been. I won't, I won't give anything away about that. I've, I've been enjoying that. I just picked up, uh, the first four issues. It's good. I'd like to read a bunch more, but, uh, it's tough to pay four or five bucks a pop for everything. And you know, whether or not it's going to be good. Like, I, I prefer to wait till something's closed and the, like with, with, uh, last Ronin, like I read the first two and it's like, holy shit, these things are like six months apart or more. Like they're yeah. so spread out. And so my, I just say like, oh, I'm going to wait till the fifth one comes out, which happens soon. And then I'll go read them all at once. Thank you for reminding me. I got to put that on my list. Yeah, because I'd like to just, I want to read them all in in a unit. Because, uh, like, there's that DC, uh, like, you know, fantasy universe thing that I've been wanting to check out. It looked like it was really good, too. Yeah, it was like Middle Ages, like, fantasy DC universe. And it's got Superman and, like, a Batman. Oh, Dark and, Knights of Steel? Yeah, it is Dark Knights of Steel. Yeah, it looks good. And I've heard good things about it, but... Yeah, I got to add that to my list too. I, I I prefer the the trade paperback model, and so I'm always way behind on everything. Yeah, when I was younger, I I didn't want to do the trade weight thing, but as I've gotten older and and you know more forgetful, or just you know, I, it's just I've got less room in my brain. I've got so many other things occupying it that I did when I was younger. Um, that you know, I forget what happened in the previous month, and then I can't justify paying you know, like you said, four or five, six bucks for a single issue that I'm just going to read in 15 minutes and then wait an entire month and forget all about it. Yeah. I'd rather, you know, consume it like a movie. Yeah. Like I just, I just picked up the third trade for the, or something killing the children and, uh, it was good, but I don't know if I'm going to buy the fourth one or not because yeah. it kind of wrapped up that story. Oh, okay. I was like, okay, cool. It's resolved. It was, it was fun, but I don't know if it's, I don't know if I'm going to continue the journey or not. Yeah. I dropped out after the second trade. It just, it, it wasn't moving enough for me. I bought a bunch of copies of uh, House of Slaughter, but only because they've got sketch covers. Figure I can draw on those. So recommendations? Uh, you know what? One more thing before, uh, before we recommend things is uh, mere hours after our last off-topic debrief, I got the news that Ivan Reitman had passed away. Yeah, bummer. So we got to talk about that because as uh, our listeners know, Ghostbusters is very special to us. Um, he also did, what, Stripes, um, Meatballs, Kindergarten Cop, uh, fucking Junior. Oh, there were a couple oh, he others. Did do junior, didn't he? Yeah, there were a couple others that, that, that I was um Animal House. Uh, I think he, he was, was like a, a producer, producer on that, that or yeah. something, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but holy shit, Ivan Reitman, like what a giant like uh like like his footprint in 80s comedy is undeniable yes that was precisely the word the joy he's brought into my life you know along with with the talented um actors and writers is uh is immeasurable like i it, it was it was a real bummer you know i mean like i i can't think of things that he'd done recently you know but but he's like pretty fucking old wasn't he yeah i think it, he was like 75 ish I guess that's not that. I mean, it, it's old. Yeah, but it's not like Mel Brooks old. Yes. Mel Brooks is old as shit. 
Um, yeah, stripes. Oh, twins, of course. Um, he was he was um, you know responsible for bringing us uh, Howard Stern's Private Parts, even though he didn't direct it. He was a producer on it, and oh, really? and really like made it happen. It was in kind of development hell. I watched um, Howard Stern talking about Ivan Reitman on uh, on YouTube. I can't imagine there was a lot of studios that were really jonesed about that movie. Well, they wanted it, but they were just like stuck going back and forth in like scripts and directions. And, uh, and it was Ivan Reitman who teamed him up with a, uh, with a, another writer where they just reworked the script, got him a director. And like, apparently afterwards, Ivan Reitman was like, he's like, my only regret is that I didn't direct it myself. You know, cause like he loved it. And personally, I don't know why, like, I'm not a huge Howard Stern head. Like I don't listen like I don't have Sirius so I could listen to Howard's turn. I think he's funny as shit. I love that movie. Like I really love Private Parts. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but I remember enjoying it. Yeah. I I I love that movie so much. So, RIP Mr. Ivan Reitman. Uh thank you so much for for the joy you've brought me. Word. Fucking Twins. I want to go watch Twins like now. Fucking love Danny DeVito. Oh. I like him in almost everything he does. And and then once he got on to Always Sunny, it was just like, okay, this guy's the fucking boss. We need to do that Always Sunny episode soon. You you got a lot to watch. And you don't have enough time to watch it. No, when I was when I was on lockdown, I watched most of season eleven. Oh jeez. That's <laughs> it? Wow. I, I had it playing in the background for like a week while I was working. So I I just like worked my way through the series. Um okay, yeah, let's do some recommendations. I recommend Twins. <laughs> yeah, the works of Ivan Reitman. I'll always recommend those. But I, I, I need to go back and watch Stripes again. I, yeah, it's been a long time since I saw Stripes. And I, I was probably, it was probably either late high school or shortly after I was after. Yeah. Or out. out. Young adulthood. Yeah. So I imagine I might appreciate it more. I don't know. I remember thinking it was funny, but that was about it. Yeah, when I was, when I was younger, I had a harder time with older comedies like Stripes and Meatballs and, and you know, like, you know, early, I guess, early those guys like John Candy, Harold yeah. Ramis, like Bill Murray. It just seemed old. It, well, even like, like Ghostbusters. Even oh, I yeah. loved Ghostbusters when I was a kid, but uh, I definitely did not appreciate it as until I was older. Yeah. Yeah. Like there was a lot more there than I caught when I was a kid. Yes. Yeah. All right. Um, you want to take your recommendation first? Do you have just one? I do have just one. Because I got, I got more than one, but I can be quick about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'll recommend a movie that uh, I had on my queue for a while. And then when I was, uh, I saw that it was on, I think, HBO Max. And I watched it and it was called Nobody. I think it came out in like 2020. Yeah, with Bob Odenkirk. Yeah, as an action star, which is a, an odd role for him, but uh, he does a fucking great job. Don't give too much away because I'm actually really interested in watching it. It's a solid, like, you know, dude with a past getting vengeance kind of movie. It, it follows a lot of those tropes. It's just really well done. And he he plays it excellently. It's got really good fight and action scenes. The ending is spectacularly ridiculous and fun. Good. And it's got Christopher Lloyd in it. Oh, neat. Which yeah. is cool. See, I remember when they were making that movie, like seeing pictures of Odenkirk just fucking ripped and we're like what the fuck is he doing this for like he's just fucking cut and like he's like a 60 year old man he just wanted to get in shape and figured (laughs) if he made an action movie someone would pay him to do it (laughs) (laughs) probably not wrong um yeah i that is on hbo max right now i know because i've seen it there yeah 
But I, I wholeheartedly recommend it. It's just a good, fun action movie. Now, you know my fiance. Would she be interested? Um, I don't think she'd be really into it, but I don't think she would necessarily get turned off. There's a couple, there's a couple spots where it's a little bloody and, you know, it's definitely got some violence in it. Lots of people die, but it's not, uh, it's not like torture porn or anything. Okay. It's, it's really, oh boy, there, there it we is. Go. There's our one per episode. <laughs> where it's really, uh, overly graphic for the most part. Um, so I, I think she'd get through it. It's not going to be her favorite movie. Okay, so maybe I'll try watching it alone. I'm so glad that happened while you were talking because there was an episode, like one or two episodes ago, where it happened, but it, it happened during silence. So like it got deleted. Oh, it got I didn't out. hear it on the episode, but I but I <laughs> but I I said like, oh, that was Ben's phone going off, and I was like, oh, but nobody heard it. Ah, good luck cutting that one out. Um, okay, I've got a few recommendations, but I'll be quick about it. I came across this uh, this Instagram account called Dinos and Comics, and it's just these little like four panel comic strips with like two dinosaurs talking to each other. It's either like a humorous little blurb or, you know, just like a funny little dad joke, or it could be like covering something like depression, you know, where, where, where like it, it can be really poignant too. Um, but it does it in a very simple and pleasing way. And like, it's not it's not a turnoff. Like if you're somebody suffering from depression, you might look at it and go like, wow, like, okay, good. You know, like, like it, it, it may, it's making what I'm feeling it, like it's normalizing that. Yeah. And, um, so I, I, I appreciated that. I've caught a few of those over time. Like they pop up either on Reddit or on various places where I look at memes. Oh, okay. And so you've seen them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, good. Yeah. And they are pretty, pretty good. I've never like, it's not one I've followed though. Yeah. Yeah, I did a deep dive on them once I ju- once it just crossed my path, and and um and yeah, they're really good. I'm really glad I follow them. It's just like once once a day you get a little fun. Another thing I just discovered um, was a podcast called This Is Important. It's by the uh, the crew that was behind the uh, the Workaholics TV show. So um, oh, okay, Blake, Anders, Adam, and Kyle. I don't know all their last. I haven't names, thought so. about those guys in a long time, dude. Let's see. Well, I was watching something on Hulu where like every time I watched the last or like the most recent episode. So then then it goes to a different TV show. um, It would go straight to workaholics. I'm like, man, I should start watching that again. I enjoyed that. That was a good show. Yeah. I love that show. It's not for everyone. No, definitely not. But I enjoyed it. And same thing with this podcast. It's not for everyone, but it's the four of them bullshitting. But the way they, you know, they've got four people there. So there's always someone talking and it just flows really well. Who's the fourth? Um, Kyle Nuichek, uh, he was in workaholics, but he played their drug dealer buddy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like he's a writer and director and stuff like, like he, but, but the other three were like, you know, the, the comedian stars. Yeah. Um, I had heard Anders Holm on, um, on the latest episode of comedy bang bang. Dude's fucking hilarious. Like he is quick. Um, so yeah, I've checked out that podcast. It's fun. They like their sound effect buttons a little too much, but eh, whatever. And then the, uh, the last thing, this was going to be my original recommendation. We went back and finally finished the, uh, Disney plus series Imagineering, the, oh, okay, the mini yeah. series they had. And the last couple episodes were really great also. And I liked that entire show. So I would love to recommend people go watch that. It's a lot of behind the scenes stuff on, on Disney parks and, um, the Imagineers, man, like that's. In, in an alternate universe somewhere, I became an Imagineer and just had the time of my life because that would be so much fun. Did they end up moving them? 
Like, I know there was a big hullabaloo months ago because they were moving them all to, like, Orlando from L.A. And a bunch of them didn't want to go, and they were all upset about it, and it was a big fucking shit show. But I never heard how it ended up getting resolved. I don't know, and the, and this show wasn't uh, current enough. So yeah, I doubt Disney would highlight labor <laughs> disputes. Yeah. Anyway. They're all pissed off. <laughs> and that's the show. <laughs> Hopefully the future of Imagineering is not bleak. But yeah, that's what I got. On podcasts with that include actors from shows, I've heard really good things about it, but I haven't gotten around to listening to it yet. The Always Sunny guys have a podcast now. What? Where they they talk, they do some talking about like production on the show, but mostly it's just them bullshitting. And uh, everything I've heard about it is great, but uh, I have, have not actually up. checked it out yet. Holy shit! Because yeah, I mean that that's what this show is with uh, the this is important. Like it, it's them just bullshitting. Like just stream of consciousness bullshitting and it's, uh, it's good. I got to look that up. Um, but in the meantime, thank you folks for coming in today. Uh, if you want to let us know how we did, um, you can hit us up at email at geeksplorationpodcast.com. You can find us on the social medias, Facebook, Geeksploration, the podcast page, Instagram, Geeksploration, the pod, wait, Instagram, Geeksploration podcast. There we go. And Twitter at Geeksplore pod. Um, you can call us up at 916-ORC-TURD, 916-O-R-C-T-U-R-D. Let us know what you think about anything in the world. Um, as long as it's not you being a fucking racist piece of shit, then uh, we'll probably play it. Uh, we've got a disclaimer there. That does not mean we're going to play anything that has to do with, uh, never mind. <laughs> you, know, you know the topics that are that are taboo. Um, we're not talking politics. We're not talking uh, uh, kitty stuff. Um Unless it's He-Man. Like, what is Kitty's? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and if you enjoyed the show, uh, go give us one of those review things, and we'll read it here on this very show. Next week, we are actually going to get around to talking about rock and roll, like we said we were before. But, uh, you know, life changes things. Yep. People go out of town, and we've got to, you know, we got to circle back. So we will be talking about rock and roll next week. We got merch available at shop.geeksplorationpodcast.com. I got a picture of Dan from the movie seller wearing the sweater we sent him. Oh, no shit. So, yeah, there's someone out in the world with a Geek Exploration hoodie now. Uh, and if you want to be like Dan, which who wouldn't want to be like Dan? Yeah. Go buy one. And our uh, we're part of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. And uh, <laughs> our theme song <laughs> is Celebration by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Bye. Later.